Hello and welcome to the Mindful Kind podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Cable, author of the Mindful Kind book, mindfulness teacher and blogger at rachelcable.com. Each week, this podcast will bring meaningful tips, tools and strategies so you can manage stress and live more mindfully in the modern world. Hello and welcome to episode 320 of the Mindful Kind podcast and the third episode in my relationships mini series. If you're new to this podcast, first of all, welcome. And second of all, make sure you also listen to the previous two episodes of this relationship mini series where I've been focusing on strategies and ideas for strengthening all of the different relationships that you have in your life. In this episode, I'm really excited to share some of my best tips for creating healthy and vibrant relationships. Just before we dive into it, I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who has supported this podcast by tuning in each week, leaving kind reviews and sharing the mindful kind with their friends and family. After more than six years of creating a new episode every week, we just reached 10 million downloads and as wonderful as that is for me and my partner, Dec, who edits every episode, we know that we wouldn't be here without you. So thank you very much and we hope you continue enjoying The Mindful Kind. Okay, so let's dive into some tips for creating healthier and more vibrant relationships. Tip one is to very clearly ask for things that you might want or need. Recently, I was chatting with a fairly new friend of mine and we talked about how we're both quite giving people and we put a lot into our relationships. But sometimes it can feel like we don't get the same support in return when we might need it. And one of the conclusions that we came to was that we both need to practice asking for help and support. And of course, it would be great if our loved ones intuitively knew when we needed help or understood us well enough to know exactly when to offer help. But that's not always the case. Even when we might feel like we're struggling, that doesn't mean that other people can see that. And that's why it's important to ask for help in specific ways. And I actually have an example from my own life when I didn't do this recently, and I hope it inspires you to not make the same mistake as me. So last week I had an appointment in town and I wasn't going to have the car to get there. I called some of the local taxi services and none of them would drive out to where I live and there's no public transport, not even a bus. So I messaged my partner, Deck and asked if he could pick up my bike, which is still at my mum's place at the moment. I explained that the taxi couldn't pick me up and I was going to ride to my appointment. But then I actually looked at the map and I could see I'd have to ride through some pretty busy streets and I'm not super confident on a bike. So I told Deck not to worry about the bike, I was just going to walk. Now, it was going to take me about two and a half hours one way in the middle of the day in 30 plus degrees Celsius heat, so I wasn't feeling great about it, but I felt like I had no choice. Anyway, Deck called me about an hour later and said he'd called a friend of his who was happy to give me a lift. And actually, Deck's friend's wife, who's one of my closest friends, was free and she could give me a lift and we could have lunch together. It all turned out really well and I had a wonderful time with my friend and got to my appointment. But here's the thing. I was stuck in a tricky situation and I still refused to even try asking for help. Sometimes it feels hard to ask for help and it brings up feelings of guilt and undeservingness. I don't think that's actually a word. But it just feels like I'm a burden and that I should be able to figure out some solutions on my own. 
If that's resonating with you, then please learn from my mistake. You can ask for help. You might not always receive it, but at least you're giving your friend or loved one the opportunity to be there for you. Tip two for creating healthier relationships is to learn how to disagree with compassion. This has been a massive learning curve for me. So I grew up thinking that it was important to agree with the people I love and that if I disagreed, it was a bad thing. And so I was often this little social chameleon who made herself fit into different relationships by changing who I was and what I believed in. If my friend said coconut sorbet was the best flavor, I wouldn't say that I thought it tasted horrible, even though I did. I'd just nod politely and agree. My dad was a really enthusiastic supporter of the Collingwood football team, and so I supported them too, even though I really liked other teams better. Those are just little examples, but I had so much inauthenticity in my life that I barely knew who I was and what I liked. It wasn't until I was in my mid-twenties that I started learning how to be my own person and disagree with people. And here's something I've learned about disagreements. They aren't necessarily bad or wrong. You can have a different opinion from your partner, parent, friend or child, and that's okay. I think it's important to learn and to be open-minded, but you're also allowed to disagree. I like to think of it as compassionate disagreement, which basically means that yes, you might have a different opinion from someone, but you're also understanding of the other person and you allow them to have their own opinion too. Tip three for creating more vibrant and healthy relationships is to work on your emotional intelligence. I was chatting with Deck the other day about how relationship has changed. We've been together for eight years and I was in my early 20s when we first started dating. My emotions were still really challenging for me and I spent a lot of energy trying not to feel certain things like anger and jealousy and sadness. I couldn't regulate my emotions. Sometimes they would just spin out of control and I absolutely hated making mistakes or getting any kind of negative feedback. I think I also interpreted other people's feelings towards me as being negative a lot of the time when they weren't. For example, if someone was distant, I would jump straight to the negative conclusion that they were angry with me. The more I've learned about mindfulness and psychology and relationships and mental health in general, the more I've understood how important it is to develop emotional awareness and emotional intelligence. We feel emotions every day, sometimes lots of them. I think it's really important to know how to support yourself through different emotions how to process them, how to be accepting, and how to look after yourself. When you can do that fairly well, it can create so many benefits in your relationships. For example, you'll probably set better boundaries. You might be able to talk about and express your emotions in healthy ways. You're less likely to explode with anger or resentment, and you can navigate the different emotions that arise in relationships, like frustration or jealousy or disappointment or regret. But also having greater emotional intelligence means you can also understand other people's emotions too, which I think is super important in relationships. If I hadn't started working on my emotional intelligence by learning about it, making small changes, talking to my psychologist about it, supporting myself, practicing mindfulness and meditation, and all the other things that I've tried along the way, I honestly don't think Deck and I would still be together. I 100% believe that becoming more emotionally intelligent has helped our relationship grow so much stronger, more authentic, and more enjoyable in so many different ways. 
Now, if you're looking for a fun and meaningful way to strengthen your relationships, then I highly recommend the video course called Creating Friendships and Deep Connections for Teens with Jemiah Drummond Bay on Mind Valley. Even though the course says it's for teens, I personally learned some really interesting things from the course that I've already started implementing into my own relationships, like connection languages. Feeling seen is my connection language and knowing this has helped me understand some of my important needs in my relationships and how to express those. So if you've been feeling like you want to develop stronger connections with people, I can't speak highly enough about the Creating Friendships and Deep Connections for Teens online course. My only advice would be to make sure you actually do the recommended activities, journaling exercises and the other tasks. Don't just watch the videos. Follow the recommendations to put everything into practice. To find out more, head over to rachelcable.com forward slash podcast forward slash 320 and you'll find my affiliate link to the course. As an affiliate, I might earn a commission if you decide to enroll, but it won't cost you anything extra and it's a great way to help support this podcast. Again, the link is rachelcable.com forward slash podcast forward slash 320. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode about my key tips for creating healthier, more vibrant relationships. The tips included, try to clearly ask for things you need, like help or support, learn to disagree with compassion, and work on strengthening your emotional intelligence. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful week, Mindful Kind. Mindful Kind.